What's up, everyone? It's another episode of Drawn Talk. It's your boy, Tyler. Real quick, feel free to subscribe um, here on YouTube or go to drawntalkcomics.com where you can find the latest episodes of this uh, YouTube podcast series where we talk about making comics and what it takes to make comics. And today I have a really awesome guest. Uh, his name is Drew Drew Edwards. I, I got you. Yeah, Drew Edwards. I'm so sorry, man. I just blanked. And he right. is the he is the creator of an awesome series. And I'm not even. I'm. I'll let him talk about it because he's got. Um, he's got a an awesome book that's coming out. Um, you said July fourth, right? July fourth, fourth of July. So like this is like the most American thing you can do is promote <laughs> is promote capitalism and the free market by buying his book. Um, yes. So, Drew, go and tell tell us tell us about your book and your series so that you know everyone can pick this up. All right. So, uh, hello everybody out there in podcast land. Uh, <laughs> I am best known as the the writer and creator of a long running indie comic called Halloween Man, uh, which is best described as a zombie superhero who has weird adventures with his sexy mad scientist girlfriend well uh, a few years ago said uh mad scientist girlfriend lucy lucy chaplin got a bit of a a aesthetic makeover we we did a storyline called eye of the beholder uh which got a lot of media attention uh, in which we made the character plus size and because that was seen as such a kind of revolutionary and offbeat thing to do in a comic book uh, the character just kind of shot off and, and became very 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 popular almost overnight uh so when you're doing a comic book particularly when you're doing an indie comic and you believe giving the readers what they want is the smart thing to do i immediately started thinking well i have this character she has a lot of heat under her what should what should i do with this so the, the, the first thing you need to do is give her her own book. So we are putting out a one-shot on uh, July 4th. It'll be in your indie-friendly comic book stores and, of course, on Comixology, which is where I encourage people to read all things Halloween Man because Comixology has been very, very, very good to me as an indie comic. And this book is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we've been saying... Here's your excuse to get some IQ with your TNA. Uh, you're going to have a hot, sexy, mad scientist chick beating up bad guys, beating up terrorists. Uh, there's jetpacks, there's ray guns, there's UFOs, there's all kinds of fun. There's also a serious side because we, we satirize uh, aspects of what is going on in uh our our world right now uh, we satirize stuff going on on the right wing we satirize things going on on the left wing we skewer our culture in a in a loving and hopefully thought-provoking way and I, I i hope this comic can be kind of a uh, a balm for uh, our troubled times because i i really you know, even though I, I wrote it before the election happened, I, I it ended up being kind of uh, a perfect nucleus for a lot of things. <laughs> you were that like, I perfect. think, are yeah, it, it ended up being a good, like the right, right comic in the right time, and 
you know, really, honestly, even the creative team behind it. Like, I, I keep saying that I believe in the power of, uh, you know, the uncomfortable union to make the, our country whole again. Um, our creative team on this book, I have, you know, women of color. I have, uh, you know, queer women. I also have, you know, a, you know, a Canadian guy, uh, Evan, who's one of the artists on the who 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 frequently talks about how he hates hippies. <laughs> I have Paul Tuma, Paul Tuma, one of the other artists of the book, who is a who is a, a mature gentleman, a libertarian, a guns gun rights activist, and. You know, so I have people from all political spectrums, all different walks of life, all genders, all age groups coming together to make this this book, which I think is kind of appropriate because I think if we can all work together to make a comic book, we can all work together to live in this country. And as sappy as that sounds. <laughs> no, well, it's like. I don't know if you've been uh, keeping up to date with all the drama in the comic book world on Twitter. Of course. Yeah, so like yeah, this is the perfect uh this is the perfect uh book, I guess. Like everyone's so divided and you're like you're like, Well, I know everyone's so divided, but I've got everyone who's divided like working together and it's possible. Yes. Yes. And you know, I I, I say that it's satirical. I don't want everybody thinking that it's it's you know, we're 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 preaching at anybody like you could certainly read this and think it's just a good guys versus bad guys comic book and that is a completely okay way to read it you know i i'm fine with that you know people just going you know oh well i i want to read a comic where uh, a lady in a leather uh, leather outfit beats up uh you know mm -hmm. a terrorist a terrorist and a tattered american flag and i don't want to read any more imagery in that than than i need to like you can read it on a completely surface level, that's completely fine too. I, I make comics that are up, at, you know, first and foremost, they're meant to be seen as fun. But, you know, I I did, I I do, you know, it, it's no accident. This is coming out on the Fourth of July. I do consider myself a patriot, a patriot of sorts. So I I did, you know, put a lot of a lot of heart and hopefully. You know stuff that I feel like is 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 healing into this comic. So I I, I hope people take that with the intention that it's uh, it's well with the intention best of intentions. But that should say and that but that's that's smart because that's smart because you like I feel like that's how comics should be. Is that if if you if you don't want to look into deeper it, look into the story deeper at least you were entertained and if you want to look into deep into it deeper it has that deep stuff yes so yeah so i smart. mean most of my favorite comics are 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 like like, like I, I i came of age in like the 80s and 90s and you had a lot of comics that were very cerebral but you also had a lot of comics that were very you know, all about image and no pun intended. <laughs> and I, I like both, you know, I liked both, you know, the vertigo stuff. And I also liked Eric Larson's Savage Dragon, which is like the epitome of a uh, flashy, fun superhero book. So yeah. I, I think there's room for both. And I think there are, is room for comics that are in fact, both at the same time. Yeah. Well, everyone, there we go. That's the, that's that's gonna be I, everyone Fourth of July. If you're an American, this is as American as you can get. Um, take a knee and download this book. <laughs> <laughs> or, 
help 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 the free market help uh, help help uh, help you make know, comics starving. great again. <laughs> help make comics great, great again. <laughs> Uh, are we gonna get doxxed? Can we say that? <laughs> um, oh, no, that yeah, but um, what made you, what made you decide to go to stick with um, Halloween Man? I mean, it looks like your niche is um, is is in the horror Halloween genre. Um, what made you stick say that this is the niche? This is this is the kind of book that I'm going to be doing and stick to doing, and I'm going to be known for. Well, when I started developing the character and everything, a lot of it was I just kind of wanted to make the comic book that I, I wanted. And I, I wasn't very far removed from being a high school kid. So I was basically trying to make the, the comic book that 15-year-old Drew would have wanted to read, which, you know, I love horror movies and, you know, rock and roll, stuff like that. And it was going to have everything that I thought was cool in it. And along the point when I was developing it, I was actually, I had a twin brother and I was actually in a car accident and my, my twin brother was killed. So sorry about that. Well, thank you. Um, so the comic book kind of took on this, this new meaning, like the way I, uh, it became how I got out of bed in the morning. It became how I, I, it became a form of therapy and the, uh, the character, the sort of, you know, asymmetricality of the way he looks like the fact that he's half man and half monster. That's very much how I felt because I was the one driving the car. I felt like I had killed my best friend. And so I, I had this sudden, instead of just like, Oh, I like monsters. Monsters are cool. It became, I feel like a monster. I have all this survivor's guilt how do I deal with that? And I was like pouring myself into this thing. And, you know, when you, when you develop something around that sort of, sort of macabre imagery, you know, you're going to, you're going to definitely zero in on a certain kind of fan base. And, you know, my people, the people I've always really related to and the people that seem to gravitate towards this comic are are kind of outsiders and outcasts and you know oddballs and you know people who are considered kooky even within the you know the, the larger comic book community and <clears throat> I think uh, there's just something about this character that you know it speaks to me on a level and it helps me deal with feelings on a certain level but you know they they bring whatever else they they. Uh, they're feeling and they relate to it on a level and they're bringing their own, um, you know, emotions into it. Yeah. I like, uh, it kind of reminds me, uh, I'm sure you've heard of Scott Snyder. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, um, like I've like listened to almost like every interview he's done, but he's like, you know, he suffers with like anxiety and depression and he has like all these fears. And when you read his Batman run, like you can easily tell that like Batman is scared. He's got all the, he's like, he has anxiety and depression. You can really see the writer. You can really see Scott Snyder's personality going into um, his character, and really all of his books deal with the same thing. It's kind of, and that's I would say his like niche, like emotional. Um, I don't know his go-to for the characters is um, he's putting his own portrayal of what he's feeling into the characters, and so um, that's that's what it sounds like uh, you're doing, and 
it sounds like you know you're you're, you're being successful though and do you find that that alienates though other people who might not be able to relate i never try to alienate anybody it's like i said in the opening i do make comics that first and foremost are fun but maybe in some of the way you know the thing the thing the thing that i found very quickly uh when i was doing this book is that you know the people that wanted like a pure horror book they were kind of put off by the superhero aspects of it and the people who uh wanted a pure superhero book were kind of put off that the main character was running around eating people <laughs> and um but the thing is i think when you find yourself in a situation like that when you're creating art that that speaks to like maybe a more limited um segment of the populace you just almost have to kind of double down on that and and you know when you're you're being pushed into that that niche corner you have to kind of own it you know like my comic is the bastard love child of the Adams family and the Fantastic 4 and I, <laughs> I and I and I own it and you know the, the the thing is though like when I started out I really just I really wanted I didn't go out of my way to make like an underground comic or outsider art or whatever you you know people like to label it you know I remember there was an article about me about 15 year god about maybe 15 10 i don't know how long ago now that said comic books true punk rock star and i remember reading that and going huh because <laughs> i i wanted to be you know i i envisioned myself working for marvel and dc like everybody else who gets into this i didn't i didn't go out of my way to be like an r crumb type where you know i, I i'm seen as this like real oddball but the the thing that I I found, you know, once I got in, in, you know, further along into it, and I found my confidence, and I stopped kind of fighting that. It's like the more true to myself as a writer I was, and the more true to my vision I was, the more popular the comic would become. Um, you know, people, if your work is good, and you put your heart into it, and you keep putting it out there, inevitably you seem to find your audience, like. Like a good example of this, going back to Lucy, you know, even though this isn't necessarily about the horror genre, but this is about like something that isn't necessarily, um, might not necessarily appeal to everybody, or at least you think it wouldn't. Like when I first created Lucy, I always envisioned that character as a plus size woman. And, you know, artists at the time, you know, I've worked with a lot of great artists. I'm not tr throwing anybody under the bus, but artists had a hard time drawing it. I had publishers saying like, nobody, nobody's going to read, want to read this, you know, where the, the second main character in the book is a, is a fat chick. Like no one's gonna, no one's going to want to read that. And, you know, about 10 years on, I was like, well, I'm just going to do a storyline about this and I'm going to make it character development. I, I think the thing that really tipped me over on it was when I, when, when they did the new 52 and they reintroduced Amanda Waller from the suicide squad. And, you know, I saw her and she suddenly looked like every other superheroine. And I was like, yeah, oh. they made her skinny, right? They made her skinny. And then, then, you know, they, they redid power girl and suddenly power girl was this, who was always like a big muscular buxom woman. And suddenly she was a waif. And mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, you know what? That's not cool with me. You know, I don't want every comic book character to look exactly the same. I don't want like a, 
you know, the, I've always made the joke that, like, if you change out Superman and Batman's clothing, they look almost identical. And I really wanted to rail against that and against everybody, you know, telling me that this was a bad idea. I did the Eye of the Beholder storyline and I made Lucy how I envisioned the character initially. And people loved it. Like, the character suddenly, like, the comic became twice as popular overnight. I was I was getting, you know, instead of just getting write-ups in Rue Morgue and Fangoria, all of a sudden I was getting write-ups <laughs> on French fashion blogs, which is not something I ever envisioned. And people loved it. So I, I think, you know, you can hand-ring about your vision all, the, all you want. But I think... Really, if you're doing an indie book, the best thing you can do is like, okay, I have a niche. I'm going to own the niche. I'm going to go in and, and be true to my vision. And p this will find an audience. Because every time I've, I've been that true north about what my vision is, the book has always benefited from it instead of suffering. And that's what I love about like indie books is that they don't have to be mainstream. I mean, I know a lot of indie books and I like see I'm in the forums and I see people's like storylines and their art and they're asking um, you know, should I do, should I do this? Should I do that? I had this idea. And then they'll get all these comments. No, you should do it the more mainstream way. I'm like, no, like we, like we're in the indie independent scene. Like we want something different. People want, well, people want something different for the most part, but at least take a yeah. risk, take a risk. You can take a risk. I mean, I'm sure you took a risk when you did the eye of the beholder story and you were kind of like, Oh man, I really hope this works. And boom, it caught on because it was different. I I was worried about it. I'm not going to say that I wasn't because I had like quite a few people who were telling me, uh, it, you know, including my publisher at the time, um, telling me that it was a crazy idea. And, you know, I, it, I guess on paper it was a crazy idea. But, you know, I think Marvel and DC are great. Like a lot of indie people like to bash Marvel and DC. I read a lot of Marvel and DC, but they are – out there making their product and they're doing it a certain way and their their job is to try and make it as appealing as they possibly can to a broad audience. When you are doing an indie book, you really should embrace the freedom of doing things that are kooky and weird and, you know, in the case of horror, sometimes scary. Again, my, my main character, you know, like, he eats people like, like, you know, I didn't, I did. I love monsters and I love the monster superheroes that exist, exist, but I didn't want to do the thing or the Hulk or, you know, even Hellboy because I really wanted the show like the sort of unsavory side of this is, you know, like, can you have a protagonist that's actively eating your, <laughs> eating his own villains and how long will people on board will go be on board with that? And turns out, quite a few people, <laughs> quite a few people. I don't know what that says about society. I'm not prepared to pass the judgment. Everyone has a little bit of evil in them, and they're glad that, that someone's finally honest about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing is, is I never write Halloween Man as an evil man. I actually write him as a nice guy who just has to have this yeah. particular particular dietary needs. And, um, I think, uh, but he's flawed, he's flawed. And I think people don't always want Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne. You know, they, they want, they want heroes that are weird and strange because 
when you look around the human race, we are weird. We are strange. And, you know, people's lives take strange turns. And, you know, I, I am happy to be the one out there, you know, waving that freak flag for people who need, you know, whether they feel like a freak for their whole life or they feel like a freak for five seconds, I'm proud to be the one out there like saying it's okay to feel weird. It's okay to feel strange. No, boom. Yeah, that's that's all. That's that's great advice. Um, yeah, because, yeah, if you're in a need, I mean, I've had people tell me when they read my comics, they're like, you know, Tyler, I, f- I feel like every comic you have you deal with the same thing. There's either there's some there, there has to do something with family. And if you really look into it, there's something to do with God. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like that's that's just like that's just the way I write. And I guess that's if that's what I'm going to be known for. I might as well own it, and the same thing with uh, with uh, you and your series. Like, just own it with any indie creator. Own what you do, because this is it, the independent scene is the perfect way place to own that that uniqueness of your book. I agree with that, like wholeheartedly, and I I think um, you know, it's 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 once you find your your people. You know, I keep calling them my people, but I think <laughs> I. I you know, I, I mean that in the most wholesome, wonderful way possible. Um, once you find your audience, you know, like, don't worry about shaking them up. You know, don't worry about trying new things either. Like, don't get comfortable. Keep pushing yourself. And, you know, like, I remember when I first started trying to market as Halloween Man started out as a webcomic when webcomics were barely a thing. You know, like, that, it was it was a fairly new notion to put comics up on the web and it's, it's existed in just about every form you can have a comic now. But, um, I remember the first way I started marketing it. What I was like, well, what do I know? I know the punk rock scene, how do punk rock bands (laughs) mark, how do punk rock bands market themselves? Oh, they put their stickers on everything. So I had, I was living in, in Dallas, Texas at the time. And I had a thousand stickers printed up that said Halloween man is coming and it had a, the date that the web comic was going to go live on it. And I started just plastering it <laughs> yes. all for my neighborhood. And, you know, suddenly there is this buzz around the neighborhood. Like what the heck is Halloween man? You know, what is this thing? And, you know, I took a chance on doing that, but it really paid off. And it also, because I did, um, do it in that sort of DIY rock and roll kind of way. I I immediately zeroed in on the sort of people that listen to that kind of music who as it turns out, you know, they those people needed a superhero too. So I I was able to kind of find those people pretty early on. And that, and then they become they become your followers, they become your fan base. I mean, that's the most important part with an indie the indie scene is you need to find like you said your people. And that's yes. such a good way. That's a that's a really smart way that you did it because you because you you figured okay this is going to resonate to the punk scene. Let me let me do things the way they they do that they would do it that it would resonate with them. Well, and I'm still doing it. Like now now that I live Austin, and it's funny. Like I I was you know a teenager into my early twenties when I started doing this book, and I'm in Austin now, and I'm in my late thirties, and now I produce punk rock shows for nightclubs here in town. And, you know, I do them under the Halloween man banner. I have like the characters on the, the posters, 
you know, I, I, I tie everything into the comic book and it, it, it still reaches that audience. Those people still find a resonance with these characters. No, that's freaking, that's awesome. Um, so I guess real quick to, we can end, we can, um, end this, but you know, you've been in the, you've been in the comic book scene for a while. Um, and this channel is mostly for people who are starting to get into it or maybe still in it. But what advice can you give as someone who's been in, been around it for a while? What advice can you give to like newcomers or people who might be struggling with, you know, producing a comic or getting their comic book out there? I would say temper your expectations and don't be put off by failure. There has been so many times where I thought I was going to like, I was like, this is it. I'm going to be a success only to have the rug like pulled out from under me. Like like I've, I've had books that were pretty far along in the production, just be killed by the publisher, like at the last second. And all that stuff is always heartbreaking but if you want to make a comic book, if you are driven to do comics, because we don't do comics because it is the most sensible way to carve out a career at this point. <laughs> at this point in history, it's not. We do this thing because we feel driven to do it. And if you really are driven to do it, just keep doing it. And I guarantee you some form of success will find you. You know, like it, it, it may be two seconds from now. It may be 12 years from now, but you, if you get knocked off the horse, get back on the horse. You know, my, my dad, you know, he always, he always speaks in this sort of cowboy wisdom and that's something he always used to say to me. And I, 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 I agree with him wholeheartedly get knocked off the horse, get back on the horse. And that's, that's my quick way of summarizing that question. Boom, everyone, Drew Edwards. What's the best way for people to find you? Well, you can go to Halloweenman.com, which will take you right to our Facebook group. Um, or you can uh, look up Drew Edwards on Facebook. I'm the only Drew Edwards in Austin, Texas. Okay. I love engaging I love engaging with people online. Um, I am a weekly host of the Castle of Horror podcast, which is a horror movie review podcast right now we're doing a big long series on atomic age horror movies so it's a lot of big bu big bugs and <laughs> uh, alien invasions we just did alien uh, invasion of the body snatchers which was a great episode um so you can look that up on uh you know stitcher on itunes uh amazon youtube basically anywhere you can listen to a podcast it's on there uh and i just started an instagram account i am in the infancy of my instagram <laughs> journey um because everybody's like you need to start an instagram account and that is drew underscore halloween and you know look me up on instagram as well all right boom everyone check them out go on comiXology go um, buy yourself some halloween man and stay tuned uh for his latest comic book because i mean this is this is unique stuff um and drew has been doing this for a while so clearly he's killing it well, much obliged. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, hit the subscribe button if you uh, want some more episodes. We've got some. Uh, we'll we're we're, uh, we're always going to have some great guests on. And uh, yeah, if you like the videos, uh, hit the like button as well and leave a comment for us, and we'll we'd love to answer it. So thank you, everyone. Thank you. <laughs>